0: Look at Terry, the man keeps getting sucked back in like a black hole of the sports media world. He's on this podcast right now on mute with his camera off because he's writing about MLS. Nobody cares.
1: Everyone just listens to stuff. Anyways. I don't think anyone reads the written word anymore.
2: What's up? You guys? Sorry I'm late. I was busy with my other Sunday evening uh, commitment Uh, Hassani Dotson had an assist tonight on a goal that won the game for Minnesota United FC over the New York Red Bulls I just wrote all about it for a while, but that is why I'm late, but I'm here now to talk all things, uh, all Oregon State sports. Sorry, uh, thank you for bearing with me. How how has your it's been going? How how are you guys?
0: What are you what have you been talking about without me? You. Yeah, yeah, if you. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to convince Benny to uh, switch allegiances of his MLS teams, join me on my non-allegiance. <laughs> really?
2: Well, Minnesota plays uh, plays the Quakes next week. JP. And I regret to inform you, the Quakes are bad.
1: They're, yeah. Really,
2: really bad. I like, don't even JP watch the
1: MLS bad. and I know that they're bad. That's not true, Benny. I don't watch the MLS that much. And much I don't I care. Do. I, I don't, don't care. care. You don't care about
2: MLS, but you do care about E-40. So, JP, please play five seconds of you, what you know about the Earthquakes. By E-40. What you know
0: about the Quakes? Quakes, Quakes,
2: Quakes, 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 Yeah. <laughs> How the Earthquakes did not become the best team in MLS for all eternity after that song is a failure of uh, front office management uh, (laughs) to an obscene degree. (laughs) You had E-40 rapping about you. You know how long the entire state of Minnesota has been waiting for such an electrifying endorsement (laughs)
0: and none has come? I mean, E-40's rapped about pretty much every team in the bay area prince wrote a song about the vikings in 09 and it was the worst song prince
2: ever wrote that's how you know god is fucking with us you're like prince can't write a bad song then prince wrote a song about the vikings and it was his only bad song that makes it so much worse like if prince had like a hundred bad songs you'd be like oh well that's just you know like he has this was it purple rain no purple rain's not about the vikings oh Purple Rain is not oh, about the Vikings. Terry's head almost just
1: exploded. It's about I've, Vikings
2: fans' tears. I've No, it's not.
1: <laughs> purple That's rain. all I'm going to think of anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've ruined Purple Rain. You yes. have not. You have not,
2: <laughs> you, you have not. You have not ruined Purple Rain. Purple. So Prince said, Prince said Purple Rain is not about the Vikings. Purple Rain is about the end of the world so i ask how is it not about the minnesota
1: vikings
2: (laughs) (laughs) anyway we're not here to talk about the minnesota vikings or their shitty stupid mediocre quarterback that's going to be here for a lot longer uh who shall remain nameless um we're here to talk about the best college sports fan base in the world uh oregon state University, and all that goes with it. My name is Terry Horstman, at Terry Horstman on Twitter, at Terrence Horstman on Instagram. I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, as always, J.P. Bertram, at J.P. Bertram. I'm waving. On the IG, J.P.'s waving with both hands.
0: That was weird. I've never done that before.
2: (laughs) And a dope Chopham Corduroy hat, by the way.
0: That they don't make anymore.
2: And at the Trial J on Twitter at the underscore Trial underscore J to trio to be real. And also join us from beautiful Tacoma, Washington with Benny with the good quaff. It's Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weahage at BennyL1986 on all of your social media channels. Hi, Benny. Look at you. Hey,
0: look at me hi every time, wait every time you say quaff i think of the quaffer
1: double shot glass you guys remember those oh the hourglass yeah i think that yeah that was an amazing contraption that surely brought my gpa down
2: uh, is that the one that has a thing on it where you can like spin so it's like is it no like, no made... so
1: it's like the the top will like float a shot below like something
0: else typically oh, because now You have yeah, your okay. chaser below it's, it's physics it's physics terry it's physics you just you don't understand yeah, I was I was an arts major, so <laughs> I, <got laughs> I was definitely not a physics major, but I had a few quaffer shots over at uh, the Kings and Harrison alley house. Shout out to Funky Paul Molina, Doctor Ted Zava, and super secret producer Iskinder. They had a quaffer shot glass. They shout did. Out, shout out to all three of those
2: friends of the pod. Yeah. That's amazing. And speaking of friends, we're going to be joined by a couple of friends on this episode. Uh, both Samuel Whiteley and Andy Clark of the Payton Years podcast are going to be here tonight. Uh, we're not just talking about Oregon State men's basketball. Let me make that very clear. We have planned an actual funeral for the Oregon really. State men's basketball 2021-22 season. Your team doesn't kill 3-28 and very often, no matter who you are. In any sport, your team doesn't have the worst season in team history. Very often that can usually only happen once. That's how <laughs> history works. <laughs> <laughs> so we couldn't just come on here and be like, oh, fuck, damn it. No, we had <laughs> to do this, right? We, we we're going full Irish wake mode, full uh, blessings ceremony, readings, hymns, and all that jazz. So they'll be here in a few minutes. Um, and we will, uh, that will be the highlight of the episode, but we're going to get into everything that's happening. Baseball, softball, gymnastics, football rumors, football like and football shit that's happening. Maybe uh, baseball. And baseball? Did I not say baseball? Baseball, I don't know. Half half the time, I don't hear what you're saying.
0: It deserves to be said twice. You
2: really should listen to me since we're podcasting together. Like that's kind of how like we say things and then you react to them, and it's like for that's what a conversation is. I just get lucky a lot when I talk. Right. I've actually, well, I haven't been on mute this whole time. Someone who has been on mute this entire time is Super Secret Producer Iskinder. Uh A lot of people challenged and think that it's just the three of us. Super Secret Skins is here. Yeah. We just, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, we spilled beer over his keyboard. So his Zoom mic is stuck on mute, but he's still in the and chat. And his,
0: his volume is also on mute.
2: And his volume's on mute, so he can't hear us, but he's just sending talking points in the chat, helping out. He, he's contributing as much as anyone. Uh, so there are four of us here. You can only hear the the three of us. So shout out again to super secret producer Iskinder and uh, our social media intern Andre Nicotina, mm-hmm. Nikki the Goat. Um, for but um, you can
1: call him Nikki. Yeah. Or Dre. Oh,
2: Dre. What up? But he, but also remember he's only in town for one Dre. So get get in get it get in where you fit in. <laughs> um, anyway um it's a fun sunday night sunday fun day with these idiots uh what's going on jp i know you have your usual starburst double ipa whatever in front of you but <laughs> you probably have uh, something a-, a little bit nicer or more uh Maybe not nicer. That's the wrong word, but a little more elusive, something rarer. You yeah. have another drink, a drink from a different brewery that we probably mm-hmm. haven't talked about before and that we want to give the people insight on. So what yeah. drink might that be, my friend?
0: So I've actually had this brewery before on the show. Um, it's Phase 3 Brewing Company. They're in Illinois, somewhere in Illinois. Lake Zurich. Remember that that bit? I, it just sounded oh, yeah. more fancy than Lake Zurich. So <laughs> it's, it's Lake Zurich uh phase three brewing company this is a dun 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 double ipa <laughs> and but the reason i picked it i was i'm not trying to always pick a double ipa i just have a lot of them and i'm also not trying to pick a brewery that i've had before i'm also also not trying to pick a brewery that's not local because i was trying i was actually gonna have this i mean McMinamins is kind of local but i was gonna have, to have this McMinamins beer yeah, instead M- M- McMinamins is local Oregon yeah.
2: State, actu- actu- actual Oregon State alums. Nick yes, Simmons. yeah, but I was going to have that one, but I'm
0: <laughs> I'm sharing, my wife got me that, I'm going to give her a taste, so I didn't want her to drink it all unknowingly and forget to save her some, so I, I grabbed a different beer. But this one's very fitting, because with our first segment with the funeral, there's one direction that that men's basketball team can go, and what is that? Uh, yep. Up. Yup. Up. The double IPA from Phase 3 Brewing. It's
2: you, really, J- really good. JP, please play five seconds of Coming Up by the Snow and Infant Sorrow. This will be our first fictional movie-only character uh, <laughs> artist of a song that doesn't exist. Please play it, though. Don't do that thing where you don't actually play it and then I look like an idiot. <laughs> of- <laughs> this is on Spotify and YouTube. You don't have any excuses. Coming Up, the Snow and Infant Sorrow. <laughs> Okay, so Lake Zurich, up. No, Lake Zurich. Lake Zurich, sorry. God. Because as, as we know... You're offending all of the citizens all, of Lake Zurich. Ilo- all of Illinois, which is very fancy and very Swiss. We know this.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so Swiss. <laughs>
2: Um. All right. Any anything else on on uh on the beer or just what what would what would your untapped score be?
0: Mm, I gave it a pretty high one. I think I gave it like a four point four. Ooh. It's, yeah. It's so delicious. High.
1: Have you ever given anything a five? No. Never. I've only given and like two had... four point sevens. What? Yeah. Man. Good thing you weren't a teacher. That would be <laughs> tough to be in your class. Uh, right. Just. Straight C's for every A student.
0: <laughs> and
1: then a curve.
0: I had a class like that. It was – you were in my class, Benny. You just didn't – you came maybe 50% of the time. I was Art, enrolled. Art, Art 101. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember being
1: enrolled in that class.
0: <laughs> what was that – what was the <laughs> professor? He was hilarious. He kept talking about how he had like Katy Perry's phone number or something and like oh, – or no, Lady <laughs> yeah. Gaga's phone number. And then anyways – um that was, that was up he in – He failed everyone on purpose and then just like had a massive curve. So you're yeah. like C-minus was an A.
1: <laughs> that was in the auditorium like off yeah. of – Yeah, right uh, on row. Greek row.
0: Yeah. Gilfillan.
1: Yeah, Gilfillan.
0: Yeah. yeah. And shout
1: out friend of the pod. Not Kimberly.
0: No. Uh, Courtney Gilfillan is a friend of the pod who's friends with my wife Annie and her – that's named after her grandfather, I believe.
1: Oh, no way. Mm-hmm. See, that's the cool thing about Oregon State is you get little, little tidbit stories like that. Yeah, I like that. Other colleges probably have that too, but I like to think that it's uh, unique.
2: (laughs) No, I I, I think we're the only university in the country that fosters personal connections of any kind.
0: (laughs) Benny, Um, I saw you sip
2: out of a can. What do you have? Yeah. Uh, Do you have any contributions for this week, Benny? What are you working with?
1: I do. It's... uh, Which Asian
0: market did you shop at to buy this one?
1: (laughs) 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 It is... uh, a brewery that we know and love that has a fake uh, Oregon State founder. It is Deschutes, um,
3: and it's Oregon the fake Oregon
1: State founder. <laughs> it's the uh, little squeezy. Um, Jude, I love Which is an homage to, I don't know baseball lingo all that well, so I don't know if it was a suicide squeeze, but I do know that we had a player on first yeah. and a player on third and a, they both stole. Double steal. Guys, double steal. Well, double so like I delayed call, steal. I call that in my head a suicide squeeze, even if it's not really one. So <laughs> I have a little squeezy.
0: The suicide squeeze is, is though, a, bunt. A, a bunt, but, but I, I love the sentiment there. And that was a right. cool play. That was awesome. That was a delayed steal home. I mean, these guys throw so hard. It feels like, yeah, they threw to the second. You could, you could easily run from third to home. But yeah. these guys throw so damn hard at that level and above and even high school. Like you're not, that's not a normal thing to be able to like steal home in, in any No, capacity. Who
1: does yeah. he think he is? Benny the jet?
0: don't talk about him
2: (laughs) the two iconic images of stealing home in in my brain are benny the jet and jackie robinson one is fictional one is uh very very real and very historic and both are for the dodgers (laughs) hey so maybe the Giants could learn how to steal fucking home, JP. <laughs> yeah, hey, know. I love, I love Jackie. I love Jackie. I
0: allegiance is <laughs> aside, Jackie Robinson. You're, you're, yeah. you're good in my book. Thank. Way to go out <laughs> on a limb, JP, and endorse
2: <laughs> Jackie Robinson. <laughs> Even yeah. if you didn't want to play for the Giants, I That's understand. Understandable. That's understandable. Uh, yeah, go Jackie Robinson. We love you. Um, well, excellent, excellent beer choice, Benny. And again, shout out to the shoots and uh, University of Utah alum Gary Fish. Uh, thank you for destroying the ducks in football multiple times this year. Uh, we're basically a, a Utah podcast as well. Um, I have—I <laughs> I took a sip, so this isn't totally a live tasting as I've been doing the last few weeks. But I have a tornado drill IPA uh, from Urban Growler. Brewing company, uh, urban growler is a, a local, uh, brewery in St. Paul, Minnesota, just a whisper away from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, it is March, March is women's history month and urban growler is a woman owned brewery. Cool.
0: That's very
1: cool.
2: Nice. So I I don't know. I I haven't, I, I meant to check this before, uh, Hopping on the pod, but, you know, I was <laughs> I was covering the Loons footy match against the New York Red Bulls. I didn't do this. Uh, if you can order anything from Urban Growler uh, domestically, I encourage you to do so. And if you're in the Midwest, I know we have Midwestern listeners. Uh, hit up Urban Growler. It's a great spot. They have – it's one of those uh, – it's a tap – not every tap room out here serves food, and they serve food that's amazing. They have a Reuben that's really fucking good that I've had a couple times. Like, mm. when you're – a Reuben and a few beers is just an incredible afternoon. Um, but, so this is the tornado drill IPA and there's, you know, we're in the Midwest. So tornado sirens are a thing. Benny, your family is in Iowa. You, you, you probably That's know true. about this. Yeah. And so the, the description, which I love is Hear The sirens be ready for a cyclone of piney, orange flavor from Simcoe and Bergamot hops. Like the first Wednesday of the month, a Minnesota tradition. So I think I have to drink this on the first Wednesday of every month from now on. Tornado Drill IPA from Urban Growler Brewing Company. Let's see what it is. Holy shit, that's fantastic. (laughs) I think this is my favorite beer I've drank live on the show. I'm, maybe it's because I'm like uh, p- trading it off with a hams right now. That's just like,
0: <laughs> this is so much o- better. Opening up the palette, <laughs> like,
2: wow, this one's really good. <laughs> <laughs> The bar was very really good. low before this sip. Very good. Very good. Uh, it's it's hoppy without the hops being you know like super overbearing, and it's not obviously not an IPA that I think I could drink of many of, but I could you know, I, I could drink it during drink a few of. You can yeah. Hang. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. could hang. Yeah, I could hang. Four
0: or six of in a four, row. Four, four, six, nine, four, six, three, <laughs> double play, something like that. <laughs> so you said something that the sirens go every Wednesday, the first Wednesday every month. I did not know that until I read this copy. Like, I know, like,
2: I'll, I'll, it's one of those things where, like, I'll hear tornado sirens and I never think that's a tornado. (laughs) It's they're testing the tornado sirens. No, in San
0: Francisco, they did that every Tuesday at noon. Every, every Tuesday at noon? It was, I think it was every Tuesday at noon. They did a tsunami um, alert siren hmm. and it was hella eerie. It sounded way old. And one, one thing, this is like a totally off topic. Story, but uh, my my, I worked at a company where we were on a open shared floor plan of like you know a bunch of different companies, and I thought it would be funny to set an automation on my Mac that like played a Spotify playlist at noon every Tuesday, and it was like Belgian house music because it was like like a siren, and then it would like like, the Belgian house music would start playing. And it was always funny, but I was always at my desk. <laughs> was, so I, was at, I was always at my desk to pause it. I went to lunch one day and... And, and forgot. And, oh, also the, the automation also set my volume to 10 on my Mac. <laughs> I went to lunch one day, totally wasn't thinking about it. The siren goes off. I'm like, oh, I'm actually outside. I got to hear the siren for once. I came back and there was like people surrounding my desk trying to figure out how to get into my laptop because it auto-locked. As I was away from it. And the volume was at 10. It was still operating the, the automation and playing Belgian house music. At like, full blast. So, the whole office floor.
1: <laughs> to people that were not in your company.
0: Yeah. Like, literally, like there was like 20 companies on a shared floor. It's so good. I can't yeah. believe you haven't
2: shared that story with us before. But that doesn't surprise me at all. Do you remember that one time? Well, that one time. But this particular time. Maybe... Well, it's, it's hard to say junior or senior year because what year is that really referring to? But <laughs> there was a year in Corvallis where you went into my room at the fraternity that we were all a part of. <laughs> so and funny. you, t- you this was back in the day, uh, kids listen to this. There used to be a machine called an iPod that was like your phone, but it only played music. And then it had a thing where you could plug it. It played music dock in your it. headphones, but you could also plug it into a dock that had a speaker and you can play it publicly <laughs> in my bedroom was such a dock and such an iPod JP goes into my room one night fairly early let's say it's 9 p.m 10 p.m <laughs> and plugs the iPod into the dock and plays hot tubbing on the late night by our good friend Ashkon. Uh, shout out played- Please play five <laughs> seconds of "Hot Tubbing on the Late Night" by Ashcon Hot tubbing on the late night, yada yada me, yada da me. <laughs> okay, so now that that is played, and you're so it's that song. It's a brilliant song. We love it. We love Great that song. song. It was a big song in our friend group. Big song in the fraternity that we were in. Just it was it was present in 2008ish, 9ish Corvallis. What you did though was you turned the volume on the dock all the way up to fucking eleven, which was
0: loud. Left my room, locked oh, no. it. No, you forgot what I did before I left your room because I was trying to, I was trying to punk you, and so I climbed up. You had track lighting in the room, Yeah. Right? like a all- track lighting, and I climbed up on every piece of furniture I could stand on and took out like eight light bulbs out of your ceiling. I do remember <laughs> this. Such
2: such a a great prank, Um, and the 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 full volume Ashcon was just the cherry on top. (laughs) (laughs) Expecting I would return to a dark room and Ashcon playing really loud. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what your thought process was.
0: I didn't really have one. I just wanted it to be me. I was.
2: You know. I did not. Come home. It was a, my my GF at the time, good friend of the pod, Stephanie Warner. Shout out Steph. Hi, Stephanie and... Peters. Stephanie Peters, <laughs> sure. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, and so what ended up happening was just that song playing on repeat for like sixteen hours. <laughs> as loud as a jp please play five seconds of hot tub on late night by AshCon again listener (laughs) turn your volume in your car or your phone wherever you're listening is turn it all the way up this was happening in a house that like 40 people lived
0: in (laughs) me
1: included
2: For almost an <laughs> entire day, and no one could get into my room to turn it off. And out. not to
0: mention, your room was, like, in the actual center of the house.
1: <laughs> the middle of, like, you couldn't be any more middle of the house than this room was. <laughs> it,
0: Everyone it got, could hear it. it.
2: It got everywhere. It got yeah. everywhere. And I got back, and, like, my door was, like, removed from its hinges, and I had no track lighting. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs>
0: So <laughs> was like, oh, JP
2: had some genius prank. This is the result of it.
0: It was better if I knew you were going to come home at night in the dark, not the next day in the sunshine where you could easily see that your light bulbs are all in a drawer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those like total like college kid like plastic drawers, you know, like the sets you could like the stackable ones you get a yeah. bath me on that took I all of the light bulbs off and put them in the drawer. And I was like, oh, this, he'll never find these. Yeah. He'll this, this,
1: mind you, this is before the days of having an iPhone where you could just pull down your screen and hit a flashlight. Yeah, you, exactly. ha- you had to actually have a flashlight to see <laughs> in the dark. He'll never
2: find these in this transparent drawer. <laughs> well, at nighttime, he wouldn't. <laughs> Great prank. I'm still laughing about it. Thank you for playing five seconds of hot tubbing on the late night uh anyway let's move into the actual shit thank you all for being here uh this is we're having an official uh funeral service for the 2021-2022 men's basketball season we'll be getting into every uh all the other oregon state sports afterwards but this is an official ceremony so thank you for being here but before we get into that uh just before we um uh, start talking about all of the things that suck and are sad and we we're just talking about other podcasts i did have some time this weekend to dive into uh some other oregon state content on the internet and uh, was listening to uh the those damn sports podcast on the orange media network uh which is co-hosted by ryan harlan a uh devoted listener of belligerent Beeves and active on belligerent Beefs twitter along with uh, his pals andres de los santos and ben rubino uh they're doing an awesome job with mm-hmm. the with that podcast it's awesome to see more oregon state podcasts uh on on the internet and in the world so props to you you uh young fellas um and keep up the great work uh there's uh many episodes already and some great one-on-one interviews they have uh with uh different oregon state athletes as well um so good job uh you guys and keep up the good work we love to see Hell yeah you. yeah oh yeah and and show us out we'll come on your pod you can come on our pod that's what that's what this our family uh, is what all this stuff is for but the reason we're here is to uh, lay this troubled bird of the Oregon <laughs> State men's basketball season to rest. Um, and uh, JP, I'm going to ask you, please cue the debut of the Belligerent Beeves Orchestra who will be playing during the duration of this ceremony. Uh, but before you do that, please play the first five seconds of Let's Go Crazy by Prince.
4: Dearly Dearly
1: beloved, beloved. we are gathered here today to get through this thing
2: called life. (laughs) Life. (laughs) An electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. Death is another word that means a mighty long time. And the death of the 2021-22 Oregon State men's basketball team is what brings us here today on this sovereign occasion. As an opening blessing, the Irish say, death leaves a heartache. No one can heal, but love, love, leaves a memory no one can steal. The life of the Oregon State men's basketball team came to its tragic end last Wednesday in Las Vegas at the hands of our bitter rivals, the Oregon Ducks. Fuck them. We are joined tonight not only by Prince from the great Black Top in the Sky, but also by brothers Andy Clark and Sam Whiteley of the Peyton Years Podcast, who are in Vegas to witness this personal and gross execution and are here tonight to help us lay said treble bird to rest. The Oregon state men's basketball team accumulated a record of three wins and 28 losses this year. (laughs) They have yet to win a single game in 2022. College basketball experts across the nation have described this team as bad. (laughs) Now, as this men's hoop season passes from the present to the arena eternal we'd like to offer these parting words and blessings for our favorite team and we're just going to go around the room i hope you all i trust you all have words prepared for this occasion uh sam why don't we start with you do you have anything that you would like to say about this team on this occasion
4: jesus that that is a hell of a speech to follow by the way.
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, welcome to our lives yeah. this is always we... <laughs>
4: I kind of feel like the Oregon State men's basketball team. I'm going to fail in topping what you just said.
2: It's all good. Speak from the heart, brother. This is a safe
4: space. You know, being as close to the whole thing as Andy and I have become, you know, obviously even before we did the podcast, but especially now, it's a very painful thing to develop relationships with a group of people and watch – it become an outright disaster at some point to a degree that truly no one could have comprehended. And I think there's still a small part of me as we just get back from Vegas that is still trying to piece together the fact that they really did go three and 28. Um, how many one possession games were lost? How many opportunities they had to turn, you know, to to shift this at some point and just none of them worked. And uh, yeah, fuck the ducks.
0: there you go that's the the best way to close any eulogy (laughs) as it is written in
2: the third chapter of the book of tinkle fuck the ducks (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, jp let's let's pass let's pass the torch and the mic to you
0: yeah i feel like with uh, this season especially there was so much hope We listened back at uh, some early episodes of our own podcast, and the excitement we had for basketball was unprecedented in any of our Oregon State men's basketball fanhoods. It It went in the complete opposite direction. I do want to try to gather some positive thoughts from the season. And if I have to at least pinpoint one of them, It was the development of Glenn Taylor Jr. The future looks bright with him. I really sincerely hope that uh, he sticks around. (laughs) But um, something to hang our hats on in even the toughest of times was that uh, our prized freshman is showing a lot of promise and got a lot of playing time early. So while it was a rough season and it was essentially the exact Opposite of anything I ever expected to happen this year, there were still some positives, and I think that uh, Glenn Taylor Jr. was probably the shining star of that positivity. And Glenn Taylor Jr., uh, member of the All Pac-12
2: or Pac-12 All Freshman Team, first Oregon State player to do so, and I believe a long time. <laughs> so that that is, I and I have two thousand. Yeah, it's two thousand, and I'm who, Andy. Do you know off the top of your head who who it was in two thousand?
3: No, I don't. I just remember that thinking like, oh, wow, over 20 years since we've had one of the top five freshmen in the league. Hard to <laughs> believe. Jerry Cunningham didn't?
4: All freshmen? No.
1: Oh, damn.
4: That was I fever th- bias. He should have. I believe it was <laughs> Brian Jackson. I will fact check that. But it's either Brian Jackson or uh, Jimmy Haywood, maybe.
2: Shouts to all of those people. <laughs> Glenn Taylor Jr., Brian Jackson, and, and Jimmy Haywood uh it, it it was it was not marcel jones i know that much for sure
1: <laughs> chris hughes no, <laughs> chris, no liam, hughes. Chris liam, hughes. Hughes,
2: liam hughes liam hughes dog <laughs> uh and uh with that i'd like to welcome our next guest liam hughes Liam, what are your thoughts let's reel it in this is a uh, ceremony of of passing um, so I'd like to keep it official and ceremonial let's move the the goblet of of pain and sorrow along to uh Andy Andy what uh what do you have to say uh here on on this day of Oregon State men's hoops pain
3: um you know I uh am a special ed teacher so it's naturally really hard for me to say anything negative ever And I think the number one takeaway from this season is that we learned something. And what we learned, as Sam already alluded to, is that the Beaver bias is so ingrained in the universe that if we have a season like last year where everything goes right for the first time in program history, then the pendulum is going to swing back the complete opposite direction and make sure every single thing goes wrong this year. And I think that's really what we saw. Just injuries decimated the team. Uh, your point guard having mental health issues, having to take some time back to reevaluate that. Just Samford hitting 56% of their threes. like <laughs> <left>. Everything. <laughs> we lost to a, a team of like trust fund kids at Princeton. And Princeton. Um, me and Sam, before uh, the season really got off trail, we were making a list of why every team Oregon State lost to was actually really good. And then we got to the Pac-12 tournament or to the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 is like terrible this year. Like they might be a three-team bid, so we can't even say that. So it was just interesting to learn that in addition to the pack, the beaver bias is so strong that it took down most of the teams in the Pac-12 with it just to make Oregon have <laughs> a worse season. I thought that was <laughs> um shout out to Glenn Taylor. I wanna I wanna say shout out to Warthal tshay because we've been watching a lot of games in person and I just, I have so much respect for that kid because he, you could tell, he played through so much pain this year. And I think that's the one thing that people are like, not bringing up a lot. Like you bring up the loss of Ethan Thompson. I hear that all the time. But really, this team had to deal with essentially the loss of Warith, even though he's not, he's still on the team, he's still playing. But I'm not sure what his like injury diagnosis, what he's playing through. But you can just tell he's limping around. They didn't even play him the second half of the Oregon team. And so, I think it was while it was a terrible season, I really do want to take my hat off to these kids for just putting their heads down, trying their best. I don't think you saw them give in, like, even towards the end of the season, we had, like, what, two overtime games in the last four games of the regular season when they could have easily just packed it all in. Um, so, yeah. And I also want to give a shout-out to the Oregon State players that we saw gambling at the casino at 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they're,
4: still, they're not letting
3: it take them all the way down, which I think is a good thing for all of us fans, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard, I have heard
0: that rumor. I heard that rumor. Somebody uh... – Somebody planted that in our DMs uh, right. that, they, that they were out and, uh, and enjoying their time in Vegas, like like one should, of course. But
3: good for them. I talked about it with uh, one of my friends who I was texting with, and I was like, you know what? Honestly, the team—it's—it's it's not good enough for me to ask you to sacrifice the fun of your youth. You know, like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I think I'd be mad if I heard that none of them went out. <laughs> for sure like
3: they seem like cool kids
2: <laughs> that can you imagine i know that the, the Oregon game had its ups and downs the, this last Oregon game in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament can you imagine if, like we had beat Oregon and then the rumor came out and like just the way that social media works, it wouldn't have been a few kids. Or at the casino, the rumor would have been the entire team was gambling until 4 a.m. and then they came out and beat the Ducks in the first round. Like, there would never be a more team of destiny, let's rally behind these kids type moment.
4: Uh, Lucas would have been running a craps table screaming Uh, (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Lucas!
4: Lucas would have got
2: himself in a conundrum where he would need to throw the next game for some, like, Qatar prince who bet like 10 million dollars on oregon state to take the under the next day oh man we're so close so close to that happening but i'm glad you brought up samford andy um or after we lost that game to samford i got on this podcast it was i think it was the night of that loss and channeled my inner stepbrothers quoting and yelled i smoked pot with sammy ford (laughs) <laughs> and neither JP or Benny got it. I did. Not not ever. Well, you didn't laugh at it. Really.
0: <laughs> it just wasn't funny and at the moment, Terry. It was it
2: was maybe my favorite joke I've ever made. I'm not that funny. Um we were all we're pretty we're all pretty funny, but you know. So I had, I I really I was like Benny and JP will love this. Delivered it, but yes, I did smoke pot with Sammy Ford and Sammy Ford smoked us and that was a uh signal for what the rest of the season was going to look like but let's keep the the candle passing and move it on to you brother brother benny wehage benjamin lawrence sebastian wehage with the cool quaff benny do you have anything you would like to say Ah, uh,
1: may may the roads rise up to meet you you literally just googled irish blessings did it <laughs> <laughs> no no I looked up Irish Wake Toast.
2: There you go. (laughs) Um,
1: Sorry. No, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse, but I will say that uh, I think Oregon State is the only, if if not one of the few uh, Power 5 schools that has a fan base um, where after making the Elite 8 and then going and winning three games the next season, you have uh, a group of people who are, who are trying to, understand where the players are coming from and and aren't booing them off the court and i think that's a that's a really good thing um it 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 can be frustrating and i feed into it too but um i I think that uh that that's it 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 is um it is what it is i guess (laughs) Uh, i can't think of anything else to say this team was the most frustrating team to watch we had such high hopes for them um it was You know, I, I, Terry, I know you said you don't expect them to go to the Elite Eight, but I think expecting them to go to the tournament uh, would have been a reasonable expectation. Um, But it's tough to get mad at them because, uh, you know, Andy, like you said, they had two overtime games in in the last month of the season. Um, There wasn't, I mean, you saw signs of a team that has not won a game in 2022 showing up a uh, frustration, but I don't think you saw any quit on this team. Um, and I think that's a testament to, to the players obviously, but also to, to Tinkle. And um, I was actually really happy to see the lack of um, like people wanting Tinkle gone this season. Cause I think that if you go three and what, 28, three and 29 was ended up being the final record. At a power five school, 95% of them, you're, you're seeing coaches, you know, fans wanting coaches gone. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I do think it's a testament to Tinkle to, to have this team at least stick it out and, and not quit on each other or quit on him. So that's, that is my silver lining. And, uh, I do feel good going into, to to next season. Obviously it's not the bar set pretty low for improvement, but, um, I, I think that, that we have at least a foundation to build on at least i hope
2: i would predict that well we might we may not make the elite eight next year i think we'll win more games than we did this year it will be somewhere in between (laughs) that's my very bold very courageous prediction impressive Um, and in that light i would like to manifest some positivity for next season uh, and then we can end this ceremony uh, but people ask how the 2021 Beavers were able to do what they did and make the Elite Eight in uh, in that season where everyone thought they're going to be last. And I think it's pretty simple. They had a bomb catchphrase. Of course, we all remember when every writer in the conference picked the Vieves to finish last in the conference. And it was the very same Coach Tinkle who very coyly and very uh, pettily said... Not twelve, and that got us to the elite, the elite eight, and then this year we were the epitome of twelve. So
1: (laughs) we are twelve.
2: We are twelve, but last year we were not twelve. The bias pendulum swings, Terry. But going, but be like by saying we won't be twelve at the very beginning of the year, and this that sort of like you know like coaches will be like you never talk about us when they get talked about plenty. The power rankings hate us when they're like 10 like spots above where they're supposed to. That was that kind of, uh, you know, just irrational coach speak that really works, though. <laughs> and that's what we need for next year. So even though this is fairly cliche and it doesn't just speak to us, but it's something that does happen in sports and in life. Uh, we are moving on from not 12, and we're moving on from this year, and I'm manifesting a resurgence at legendary Gill Coliseum where the Oregon State Beavers men's basketball team quite literally goes worst to first. Ooh. Worst to first. Worst to first. Worst to first. Yeah.
1: Worst, worst to
2: first. I love it. Exactly. Go, beeves chop them there's always next year and you can't spell chop them without hope motherfuckers (laughs) and i'm so happy the orchestra is still playing this beautiful (laughs) the listeners are happy. oh the listeners love this does anyone else have any other closing remarks before uh we say amen and put put to bed this awful dreadful season
3: I just want to say that I think uh, Oregon State should make a play to get Will Wade as an assistant coach.
4: Ooh, I like that. Yes, I mean, if it, I, I wouldn't mind having an assistant coach at this point who's dealt with the Federal Bureau of Investigations. Because <laughs> right now, the deck is stacked against us, and that is something that people need to understand about the Pac-12 the nature of big time college sports and specifically college basketball is that the deck is stacked against the Beavers in ways that go far beyond what we can understand as the common fan. And so for that reason, I am putting Larry Eustachie, Will Wade <laughs> out of jail now and his show cause is over. If Bruce Pearl gets in trouble at Auburn, yeah. join <laughs> staff. I'll say hello to you if they bring us back to practice. <laughs> I won't ask the wrong questions. No. We'll We'd more. for
2: sure be leading all of D one in hours spent in depositions previously. <laughs> <down our country's laughs> and I and in college basketball, I feel like that's the strength.
4: Well, you know, so right now, Louisiana State is certainly the, the institution that holds that title. And we did try to poach their president. You know, it didn't work. No, it didn't. No. It failed <laughs> me in but,
2: without oh, the logic was sound <laughs> the background, <laughs> check, was not sound. The background <laughs> check was not sound but the logic was sound yeah. anyways well thank you all for for preparing some words of wisdoms and and hope for this team um i would like to bring this uh the formal part of our ceremony to a close by requesting to you jp please play five seconds of the Luther Vandross version of One Shining Moment.
3: In one shining moment, it's
4: all on
2: the line. <laughs> okay. All right, well, <laughs> thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, it's it's really fun having just people who are vested in Oregon State men's basketball to go through this bullshit with.
1: <laughs> so, like, this
2: actually, like, I, I didn't have as much fun this year as I did last year, clearly. <laughs> but like it's like being like more engaged what it was like and yeah, i don't know it was it was i still had a good time i enjoyed all three wins in 2021 <laughs> and I, I i look forward to enjoying a win or two in fall of 2022.
4: The, you know, the Peyton years will always be here. We'll be here with the cockroaches when it all burns down. But we really appreciate what you guys do in bringing more awareness and passion to Oregon State athletics in general, and probably more awareness to our podcast because you have like a thousand more listeners than we
2: do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I, I did think you guys got better as things got worse. Like <laughs> I like I saw more tweets. I saw like everyone liking and replying and just like more episodes. I'm like, God, these guys really love hurting. Like <laughs> more than anyone else I know.
0: Yeah, you guys honestly like tune into the Peyton years. If you're not already, I don't know why you listen to us and not them. When you want to get a real recap on a game and understand far beyond just like if we won or lost uh you should tune into the pain years because their coverage is definitely amazing and their insights are awesome and they're cool dudes so uh tune in thank you guys for jumping on today as well we appreciate it
3: hey we appreciate you guys next year we'll do it at the pac-12 tournament yeah hell yeah let's That's do like, it hell yeah
2: let's commit <laughs> right now even if the team's three and 27 we're all going to vegas for the pac-12 especially if 30. we're three
4: and 27 and
2: especially for three and
4: 27 <laughs> I want to put the call out to all of Beaver Nation, which Andy and I learned this weekend. Technically, is not the fan base; it's people that give. You, you've got to be a part of either the faculty, essentially, or give enough money to truly be Beaver Nation. That was a bummer, but regardless, uh, really? yeah, yeah, it sounds
2: exclusive now. <laughs> that's that's why we say Beaver Fam. Yeah, I okay. think it's, well, that's more all encompassing.
4: All of Beaver Fam, as someone that's been to. Most of the Oregon state bowl games in my lifetime, obviously more of them happened when I was a child, the experience (laughs) of going to the PAC 12 tournament trumps it tenfold. It is an incredible thing to be around all the fans to see that many games. And we did it when they were in a three and 27 season and watch them lose to the fucking ducks. And so I only gets better than that. I encourage everybody to go. It is so fun. Mm -hmm. We don't all need to see in person Utah state kick our ass in a third-tier bowl game. (laughs) It's it's also low-key a great weekend just to be in Vegas because, like,
2: the first weekend of March Madness is sort of that benchmark Vegas weekend. But if you go during the Pac-12 tournament, you're there when all of the other conference tournaments are happening, too. So it's, like, as many college basketball games happening. Uh, But the sports books aren't as crowded as they would be (laughs) during the first week of March Madness. So I remember that being, like, a real fun perk of it when uh, Super Secret Skinder and I went. Mm. I want to go next year.
0: And you like betting, Benny. I do. <laughs> go crazy. Uh, uh, Sam, Andy, thanks a lot. Um, fuck the Ducks. Can we get one, one Fuck the Ducks? Of course. We'll, we'll give you two.
3: Yes. Fuck the Ducks. Fuck the Ducks. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah.
0: Fuck the Ducks twice.
2: <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you, guys. We love you. Uh, Listen to the Peyton News podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, guys. Um, football. Is JT Daniels here for a prank? Georgia quarterback, JT Dan, former Georgia quarterback, JT Daniels, who's officially in the transfer portal, visited Oregon State this past week, was at the practice, watched the Bees play in Corvallis. This is the biggest recruiting name that has ever been connected to Oregon State football. Sure, he's had two years at USC now. Two years Georgia, some injuries, Boom. he's still a phenomenal quarterback and there is some other, uh, points to unpack here, but you know, we were talking about spring football before, like a few weeks ago, like ah, spring football, we just don't want anyone to get hurt. We, we can't really pay attention to anything anyone's saying. Cause no, though, though you, there's nothing going to be, nothing's going to rock the boat that much in spring football now j t. Daniels is on campus, like holy shit. um so yeah j t. Daniels, we don't know what he's what the timeline is if he's going to announce a new uh, school. Event. I think it's
0: supposed to be by end of march. he wants to he wants to graduate from Georgia,
1: yep, end of uh, spring football
0: well are you dub correspondent uh, who goes
2: by Bobby Ganoush, because he doesn't want doesn't like us using his real name on the podcast. Uh, but reminded me that before JT Daniels committed to USC, he took an official to U-Dub when Jonathan Smith was the offensive coordinator. And the rumor is that both JT Daniels and JT Daniels' dad really liked Jonathan Smith. And now Jonathan Smith's at Oregon State – Former quarterback himself, maybe a quarterback-friendly offense, lots of fun receivers. Uh, I would looking looking at our schedule next year. I wouldn't say we have the same sort of NFL-ready SEC defenses bearing down on the quarterback the same way. Like this could this really could be a match made in heaven?
0: Yeah, I agree, and that that's one of the things that's very interesting about this. Obviously, it's super exciting to have at least a high school caliber player like JT Daniels on, on campus doing any sort of visit at all, but he hasn't really panned out in his two spots. And I, I I, I do think that it'd be a huge for the program if he did make the jump, but you you never really can trust a player on their third school, not to say this is this wouldn't work out if he did come, but there's a reason for it. But I think what works in his advantage and to our advantage is what you're saying, the relationship with Jonathan Smith, that Jonathan Smith is truly a quarterback whisperer that this team has so many weapons in a great offensive line so if you're looking to join if you're a free agent which essentially jt daniels is right now if you're a free agent in nfl and you're coming for one last year what are you looking for you're looking for an opportunity to win you're looking for a lot of threats on offense you're looking for a coach that can help get you over a hump especially if you're a player who's kind of under-delivered on what their promise was out of high school, given this, their, you know, whether they were at now. Um, and, and you want to put that all together to have a fun season and boost your opportunity of playing at the next level or getting the next contract or and winning. So we kind of check all of those boxes for somebody like him. That's why I don't think this was all for a show. I don't think that this was like a big facade. Or a big lie or whatever. I think, I I do think that uh, there's some sincere interest here on both sides because it's mutually beneficial, and it would take Oregon State's program to not just next season at a new height, but it establishes us as a place that former five-star players can go and potentially excel if all things go right.
1: Right, and, and I think that um, I, I've heard what you just said echoed by a lot of beaver fans or uh, really just like college football fans, which is JT's on his, he's going to be on his third school. Um, but keep in mind, he got injured at USC and then he lost a spot to a five star quarterback, um, or another five star quarterback at, at Georgia. He also got injured um, at Georgia too, but he's like not,
2: not, not serious. That's think, right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I don't want to com- completely interrupt you, Benny, but I think he's better than Stetson Bennett. Like,
1: I think the argument right. could, could definitely be made, but, I agree with you that he's on his third school. So that's a little bit, you know, what's going on there. But I think that there are valid arguments to be made for why it didn't work out at the first two schools. Um, I will say that like USC, Georgia, you think their football program and you think a ton of pressure and um, like you don't, necessarily want a quarterback that doesn't do well at, with pressure but i think those though those schools are pressure in a different way than like pressure in a big game would be um that pressure is just continuous and it could wear somebody down who doesn't have sort of that the right mindset for it and that's not to say that they can't excel at someplace like um you know oregon state a a, a school that doesn't put as much pressure on their quarterbacks the other thing that i would add to everything that you had mentioned of why Oregon state would be a logical landing space is, I mean, look at Oregon state's track record yeah. of quarterbacks in the NFL and you have quite a few who've made that leap. And so I think you, you can say, I can go to this place where I'm not going to have the pressure bearing down on me. I have a coach that I know uh, has their best interest in me i'm i'm really not going to be in a competition with anybody else for the job i know it's mine if i go there uh and they have a proven track record of getting players in my position to the place where i want to go i i think it's yep. a match made in heaven for for both the school i would him. not be surprised
0: if he doesn't come to oregon state i wouldn't I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't be surprised
2: but come on we i think it'd be
0: a smart choice for him to do it Wait, but i wouldn't ah, be surprised so because I, I know, of our historical track record recently at least
2: I know West Virginia is also in the mix. Um,
0: yep, there was one other school too. Uh,
2: Pete Tamil tweeted about it, but yeah. So obviously, we're going to be paying a huge, paying a lot of attention uh, to this.
0: I thought you were going to say paying him a lot of money. <laughs> I was going to say probably, we're going to be probably. paying him a lot of money.
2: <laughs> and at this point, I'd like to uh, announce the first name, image, likeness, belligerent beefs with athlete JT Daniels. <laughs> a six six figure deal thank you to the seven patreon members this is how we were able to daniel's millions of dollars that's what your money's going towards no that's not what's happened um but i would oh man i will be doing backflips if 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 he comes
0: yeah
1: i was just gonna ask would you how excited would you guys be and what do you think where's or i guess this is sort of a loaded question, but like, where would you consider Oregon state right now? And where, if JT Daniel signs, would you put them in terms of like their potential finish in the back? I
0: have them one or two in the North right now. I do. I think that there's still a chance that uh, every that because of it being maybe a down year with some of the, the changes within other, you know, longstanding high level, high caliber programs. And this would this would just cement it. That's that's what I think, and I and I think not just cement it and then get you know run over in the Pac twelve championship game. It's like cement it and have a real shot of winning it at all in the conference.
2: The North is so wide open this year. Yeah, exactly. I I, I think yeah, going going in and if I'm submitting an official rankings, I I will put Oregon at number one in the North at the moment, begrudgingly, and then I will. Slap myself in the face in in the bathroom for 40 minutes for doing that, because But <laughs> hey, yeah. I, I, I'll say it, to, to, the, to the duck fans who fuck with me on Twitter, like I'm like, I do think your team is right now the best team in the Pac-12 North, probably, Uh but there's a lot there's a lot of shit to yeah. happen and like I you dub could bounce back and be great. I don't think they will, but they could. There's a lot uh, of
0: talk that the program has already turned a big corner uh, with getting, getting rid of the coach. Like, yeah, like people are. are yeah. There's a lot of chatter. Like, they, it's they're going to surprise everybody. So they say, yeah, I, I could see gone. that. That's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, that's why the yeah, culture right. changed.
0: Oh right, yeah. So, so now that he's gone, yeah,
2: everybody's think, saying. <laughs> sorry, I heard you say that like they're going to do it, and then, I'm like. Am I in the Twilight Zone? No, no. no I mean, like they're not? going to come
0: back. <laughs> they're going to come back with a vengeance. And it was just yeah. a culture coach thing, not a talent right. thing,
2: right? Well, they they always have yeah.
0: talent, and that you know
2: that they recruit well, and that stadium is beautiful. So it's it's always you know it's it's hard it's hard to count out the dogs. Uh, I don't. I think Wazoo will probably take a step back. Uh, they may not. You'd never really know with Wazoo, and then well, Deloria was like a huge part. Of I that know. I, I was. I was shocked to hear that he transferred. Same. So, and then Cal. I, I think. I think we're better than Cal and Stanford. So I think we're two in the North right now. And if you add JT Daniels, it, so say JT Daniels announces right now he's coming to Oregon State, then the starting quarterbacks. At Oregon State and Oregon are J T Daniels at Oregon State and Bo Nix at Oregon.
0: <laughs> Sorry,
2: Duck fans. <laughs> J T Daniels is so much better than your quarterback. This isn't a fucking biased right. thing. That's an edge that Oregon State never has in this rivalry or in yeah, this match. Not recently, in- but no. yes. Not sure, but the fact. That even even when Bo Nix transferred to Oregon, I was like, <laughs> that dude sucks. Uh, <laughs> to put it lightly, I've yeah I've he's had some good games, but like I don't know, like you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop with Oregon and like some amazing recruit is gonna come. Not that we need this to be an anti-Oregon segment, but like I was kind of expecting I was expecting a bigger stick from Oregon this offseason. I'm not worried that they have Bo Nix like. Like I think Anthony Brown is better than Bo Nix. <laughs> I'm not scared. Bo Nix doesn't do anything to me. No. Uh, so <laughs> J T Daniels is that like that's a statement. That's a move. That's like we're here to win the fucking North. That's what it says. Yep. And that's what I I would expect. So that's what I I really hope for. And I think it's exciting, even if it doesn't work out totally. It's exciting for a five star uh, recruit who, you know, hasn't had the college career that a lot of people predicted but is still clearly talented to be in the mix at Oregon State because we have never been linked to a name like this. Ever, no. ever. We have never been linked to a name like this. This is ten times what Simi Cooley was. Yes. And he never fucking
0: came.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, I think, I think if you add Bo next, you can start – Seriously, talking about the potential of them playing a New Year's Day bowl Wait, game. yeah.
2: You're, you mean JT Daniels? Uh, JT Daniels. You're,
1: you're what, just, what did I say? Bo Nix. <laughs> oh, JT Daniels. Yeah. Bo if Nix J, if excludes you
0: from a. a new year's bowl game given the
1: way college football
2: works we could jt daniels commits to oregon state and then a week later we trade jt daniels for bo nicks in a first round draft pick in the next <laughs> <laughs> but i
4: think
1: so i think so because i think if we're being honest last year uh chance was great in some games but he really struggled especially on the road um, to the point where we had, you know, seven passes in at least one game, I think two, uh, which doesn't tell me that Smith has a ton of faith uh, or confidence in um, chance. Uh, so you get a substantial upgrade in that position and an upgrade to like you want someone who can manage the game really well and and sort of knows what to do on the field and can and can do what what needs to be done. and it would just change the game so much uh, for our offense. And we have so many playmakers on our offense that we just really struggled at times to get the ball to last year. And I think that that completely changes if, if you get JT Daniels. Yep.
2: Yep. Absolutely. We got to move on. Yeah.
1: Terry,
0: you mentioned something earlier about doing backflips for JT Daniels. Let's talk about people who can really do backflips. We can talk
2: about people who really do backflips and that (laughs) would be the Oregon state gymnastics team. Uh, Sorry, your number 12 ranked, Morgan yes. State. Hey, Gymnastics team who closed out the regular season this Sunday afternoon at a quad meet. Number 14, Denver. Also, number 18, Arkansas in the house with Nebraska in, in tow as well. The Beavers posted a 196 point event. Eight seven five to finish second, while the Razorbacks getting some revenge on the twenty eighteen <laughs> College World Series posted a one nine six point nine seven five. They took first. DU placed third with Nebraska coming in fourth. But again, a great great showing uh, for the Oregon State gymnastics team. Um, JP, let's go through uh, let's go through some of these scores. I know Maddie Dagan had a big day, and so did Jade Carey. Uh, what what else What else do we need to know? Talk about here?
0: yeah I want to first shout out uh our listener of the pod Robert Martinez he's a big gym fan and been a supporter of the program for a long long time he called it early that they're going to win this meet they need to get to 197 like with two events left he was calling that out um we got close we took second it was still a great it was a great you know end of the season a great finish um but what's very very cool was Uh, The team, where it was probably our weakest event, finally got a season high on the beam. So 49, 475. Uh, Our other friend, the gymnastics friend of the pod, Warren Gray, mentioned that this is the highest score uh, since 2019 when they posted a 495. Uh, Yeah, Dagan and Jay Carey, they uh, had both wrapped up the event with nine nine fives. Um, Another quick hitter about Jade. Uh, it's her fifth, her fifth individual title. Uh, today, uh, she's got now 41 individual titles heading into PACTAL championships. Which is- that's that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, essentially on her own, she's she's uh like winning every meet as an individual. Oh. So Jade Carey is is good at gymnastics, is
2: is what you're saying?
0: Yeah. You know you can go just go look at the scores I mean all of all of her events are like four 4-9, nine four nine five then na- like where she got I'm sorry
2: I, I don't want to take this over from you or or freak out but she got a nine 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 five or nine point nine 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 whatever on her on her beam yeah how so, is that not a 10? Where where was the blemish? Where was the blemish, Judge? Show me the fucking blemish. Yeah. Put this put this in the headliner Instagram story video, JP. <laughs> and we can also link to the video of Jade's beam. Where is the fucking blemish? Show me a goddamn blemish.
0: And honestly, that was also one of her kind of like weakest uh, events. And, and she's come a long way this season with that. And probably deserved more consideration for a ten yes i i mean absolutely where jay jay's making it seem like we can hand out like the judge can hand out tens left and right but these I are hard d- to come Dare by. you i dare you to show me the blemish judge <laughs> i dare you <laughs> i don't know I'm who the judge was but maybe maybe you know i why. don't
2: know who the judge was either but i dare him <laughs> fuck <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, we got. It. We uh, there's a good momentum for next next week whether they head into uh, patel championships. I mean, right, right, right. I'm, when you I'm when you when now. you when you when you lift up in an event that's been historically like kind of your lowest scoring event, and you're still capitalizing on all your other events, things look good when it comes to championship competition. So, uh, Beavs will go into the third seed in the conference championship and will compete. In the night session at 5 p.m. Pacific, Maverick Center at uh, West Valley City, Utah. So tune in. All right, go
2: Beaver Jam! <laughs> we will be watching uh, and and supporting. Um, we do need to move on uh, to softball. Um, who the winning streak got snapped? The Beavs lost to uh, Portland State six to one on Saturday morning. Um, but then came back in the the doubleheader and uh, won the second session. Uh, so back back to the winning ways. Uh, it's now I believe the overall record went from seventeen and three to twenty two and four. So it's still it's still pretty good uh, for Laura, Laura Berg's Berg Squad. And I think that's an an overall tournament win. I would say.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, three wins out of four. Um, a, a little surprising that the one they gave up though. So Tarney Stepto started that game and um you assumed a victory over portland state as we had won 40 versus their four victories against the beavers all time Uh, but uh but we gave up four in the first and just never really climbed out of that hole but it happens and sometimes you just got to take that loss i think uh when you play 50 games a year too yeah that's gonna happen We're, we're gonna
2: talk about the baseball team today too where like people are Freaking out on Twitter about us dropping the series finale to the Cougs, like or a series <laughs> finale
0: loss. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. No, but like we won Game Three and Four after that loss. Obviously, a nice bounce back. Combined score twelve to two over a second game versus PSU in the second game against North Dakota State, and Stetzo got the win.
3: Hell against
0: yeah, against uh, North Dakota State. So she's now eight and one on this young season.
1: I feel like Steptoe is such a cool name for a pitcher, too. <laughs> right? Yeah. I like it. I like it. I would, I would up, get a Steptoe did. jersey. Yeah. I uh, Do they make softball
0: jerseys? They should. I feel they like they should. Come, Come on, why don't Oregon they? State. Yeah. I hope why they the, do. Why the hell not? I want...
1: Once again, we'll fix your problem, Oregon State Marketing Department. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> Benny
2: throwing haymakers. I just I want a softball jersey, yes, but I also just want a pronunciation guide still. So still waiting for my online pronunciation guide. But you know Well,
0: I think we know what to point to that uh grievance to. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, whatever. Any <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yes, the softball team is still balling. Gotta give these laser shine. Frankie Humood uh, hitting four sixty eight like ridiculous with 1,523 OPS. Uh Kiki Escobar uh th- thirty-eight hits and ninety-nine plate appearances for uh average of three eighty four and uh, eight thirty six OPS. Uh Mariah Mason and uh Eliana Gottlieb are also pacing uh the offense. Um, it's uh, pretty exciting. They're just still putting on putting on the runs and uh this pitching staff is Just sick with it. Kiki's still uh, a freshman, by the way. So, there's so many freshmen who are killing across Oregon State right now. Like, future's bright. Future's bright across the board, is, is what I'm saying. But that's true. Um, Yes, it would have been amazing to just keep a uh, keep seeing the softball team win whatever they're like their nine hundredth game in a row, <laughs> but obviously that doesn't happen. We live in reality. They are twenty two and four. They're twenty two and four. Uh, they've got uh, and so great to. Uh, Take care of business uh, at Kelly Field in Corvallis, Oregon. Uh, up next for the softball team this weekend, uh, opening Pac-12 play at Arizona State in Tempe, Arizona. Um, they'll follow that up immediately within uh, a trip to Phoenix and Grand Canyon University. Use Grand Canyon University, sorry, with a doubleheader on Monday, but then. Uh, the Pac-12 home slate at Kelly Field opens next the following Friday, March 25th, against Stanford. With three straight games at Kelly Field, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, get out, uh, support. I what I would say is the high highest-powered offensive team in Oregon State sports right now this year because they. Keep, they won't give tens to our gymnastics team. So they're kind of tapped out on scoring and softball is scoring like 25 runs a game. So <laughs> show me the blemish. <laughs> Sorry. Uh,
0: I'm, back. I'm back. I'm back. Come back. Come back to earth. Back. All I'm right. Back. I'm back. I'm good. Uh, speaking of maybe coming back to earth, we talk in baseball. Yeah, we should talk a little bit of baseball before we get before we get out of here. Um,
2: so yeah, the Bees lost to the Cougs today, JP. Whose fault is that? <laughs> kidding, kidding. Yeah. It was a great series, a great series in Pullman. The Bees took two out of three, scored a fuck ton of runs. Uh, Jacob Melton showed once again, why he's one of the best players, uh, in the country, a lot, the dropped the series finale in heartbreaking fashion, but, uh, JP, why don't you just give me your, your overall thoughts, uh, on, on the series. And, uh, now that we've, uh, you know, back, back to back weeks of winning series, but dropping the series finale. And if, if it's anything to worry about, which seems like. Lighting fires where where they don't need to be lit, but just uh, maybe maybe what you've noticed uh, while
0: while watching these games. Yeah, Benny pointed out obviously the two straight Sundays losing the series finale, the Sunday pitching. We're in a we're in a tough spot with uh, with Frisch looking at uh, potential Tommy John. I haven't heard any confirmation, but there's rumors that that's likely. Um, Fenix is still out. So we just we just don't have the starting pitching depth that we began the season with and looked so promising. Um, obviously, Jerpy's still a boss. Like his start Friday was phenomenal, um, but what happened today really was the offense just kind of went cold and pitching became normal. I don't know. Like, like it wasn't bad, but we just we didn't record a strikeout till like the sixth inning. Um, which is okay, right? But our defense wasn't playing great either, and so getting the ball in play. Especially in college baseball is not always the uh, the way you want you want to play. So, um, we, we we poured it on to begin the game. Everything looked good. Everything was clicking on offense, um, but we, we just went stale until we kind of just like needed needed the run, right? And it was like we were up five to one. And then six to four, and then seven to four, and seven to seven. I don't know, whatever it was. Either way, like we kind of got an extra run when we needed it. But like after that second inning, it just the bats went quiet, and that ninth inning was just brutal. It was just right. you kind of saw it coming, you know. Like it was like when the, when the first batter, I think what he got, they got walked or hit. Either way, it was like. Uh okay, here we go. They're going to tie it up here with some gapper or something and they put like on uh, first and third or second and third and scored on a single and then it was yeah, so then it was second or first and third and they walked off with another you know, slap hit. So it happens, it happens. You can't win every game. You can't you can't crush everyone every frame, but we still won the series. And exactly, and you want to win series in baseball. You do. I mean, wins are great too. You do want to win the series ultimately. That's that's goal number one. The cherry I'm, on top is a sweep. But I'm
2: I'm not worried about our pitching overall. So I'd rather see us lose in like a really like high scoring game, in which in which we ha- we had the bats to win because I I'm, I don't expect our pitching to be perfect every game. Yeah. But I, I I have I'm still higher on our pitching than I am on our hitting even though our hitting's been on un, just unfucking fucking real so far this year but just thinking about what the team was last year the pitching the pitching's there for us to make the run and the hitting isn't necessarily so to see early season losses where I know in the the first loss to UC Irvine was was a game where the bats were silent but to see this game where you know Wazoo after in, in a third game where they've been getting their asses beat all weekend like they're 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 finding they're finding the swing a little bit like it's 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 not very worrisome for me and i I'd, i'm i'm so glad to see the the offense alive and
1: well the only thing that will be concerning for me is if we see one or two more series where we win the first two games and then lose a the third game yeah that shows sort of a a trend i don't think you can make that assumption after two series of winning the first two games and then losing the third game cuz they happened in completely different ways uh, that third game lost, um, but yeah, I would agree. Not concerning right now. Just don't want to see that continue. Yeah, I agree. And
0: like speaking of trends that we do want to see continue, I talked about this last episode, the one before. I don't remember, but that Melton uh, record watch. We did, we did uh, throw it out there that it, he may, he may have a chance of breaking some longstanding records at Oregon State. Long standard. Let me let me pull the stats up again because I, I I pulled this up in preparation for
2: this. <laughs> he right. got three more home runs this weekend though. He did. He did. So let JP for for any new listeners because we did pick up a good chunk of new Twitter followers this week. So I think a lot of people are listening to the pod for the first time, which hilarious. This is a crazy episode to be listening to for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> But also not really. We're unhinged in every episode. Welcome to the Beaver Fam. Thank you for listening to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but JP, uh, just just repeat the the records that uh, Jacob Melton uh, is could potentially threaten this year. Um, We're we'll looking at it, like
0: slugging and slugging and home run, it was, right? It was
2: the slugging record and the home run record. Both you and Benny are on. Yes, he will break it, and I am on. No,
0: he won't break it. Yeah, for he's both got- for both of them. And the records eighteen. The records twenty. I think. Twenty. Okay, so the records the records twenty. But the thing with Melton on home runs is he clearly hits them in bunches, right? He's he's got two games now where he's got multi home run games, and he's got two other games where he's got a single home run. So if if that trend continues, then I, yeah, I think that he's got a shot still sitting at six right now. Um it's it's still in, within reach. Um it might not be a smashed record, but I think he could eclipse that 20 mark pretty pretty easily if he keeps doing this like two home run game every week kind of kind of offense. Yeah. I would now
2: say at this point I think he's going to break the home run record. I'm not I I, I you can still put me on the he's not going to do it. Um I'm not changing my well we didn't bet anything but at the outset of the season I said I predicted he won't break it I still hope that he does um his slugging is still is a 9 is a 911 which is pretty fucking good and the <laughs> record is in the the record is in the 8 somethings <laughs> and I, but I did say I said he won't break I predicted he won't break either but it would be more likely that he breaks the slugging um but he did himself some favors this weekend with six home runs and a slugging percentage of nine eleven uh overall. So there's there's a really good chance that he gets there. And if he breaks both in one season, that's one of the best seasons in Beaver
0: baseball history.
2: So maybe the best. Yeah. Maybe
0: the best. Maybe the best. Yep. And and if you look at uh if you want to talk about like a crazy improvement to a season Mellon's now sitting at 28 RBIs through the 13 games this year, which is eclipsing his number last year, which was 25, through 32 games. <laughs> I think he had eight RBIs this weekend. <laughs> <Jesus>. That's insane. <laughs> I, these are video game numbers. They're absolutely right. video game numbers. I, I don't know. I don't know what else to think about him other than I, I'm just kind of shocked. Right.
2: Well, if he stays healthy – I'm not going to worry about Oregon State baseball at all. I think that's something we can all fall back on. Yeah, I agree.
1: Agreed. 100%. So agree.
2: the conclusion of the belligerent beef segment on Oregon State baseball is that Oregon State baseball is good.
0: Good with two O's.
2: With two O's and two D's for a double dose of this pimping. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, how has that reference not come up in thirty-nine episodes of Belligerent Beast? <laughs> Before we get out of here, we have to talk about women's basketball getting snubbed. Snubbed snubbed by the NCAA selection committee. Actually, not really because we all sort of mentioned on this podcast, <laughs> yeah. but we didn't think they're gonna make it. Um, but-, but like but like the
0: Pac-12 teams, they were actually getting seated quite highly, so there was maybe Maybe a Maybe chance, a chance yeah. right. of a very 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 low seed right. I still think what we talked about last week, like put,
2: putting a team, it 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 does help to put a team like exactly like I, if they had put Oregon State in the women's uh, NCAA tournament, then they would have had that moment where they got to celebrate and then get ready for whoever they're gonna play. I don't want to take that away from any student athletes, but also like what we mentioned, like they're gonna have a better chance of advancing in the women's nit. And for for this team, that is quite arguably more helpful than making it to the NCAA tournament. You're still playing quality competition in the NIT. The NIT has always been a good tournament on both the men's and women's side of of things. So seeing Ruick in a disappointing year, he now has to do a good coaching job in this situation. They need to adjust and try and put a run together. They're going to play some teams in other conferences that they wouldn't have played. Otherwise, I think this is going to be great for them. Uh, We don't know what the matchup is like yet. Has, has it still not been finalized?
0: Like they're they're not announcing until tomorrow. So tomorrow is out
2: monday monday afternoon so after this is out but <laughs> we're recording this on sunday night before the nit announcement so but go go to the nit website and get uh get the announcement of the matchup if it's in a city near you go watch it um and then i'll see you at madison square garden in new york for the final so hell yeah
1: yeah maybe i i would also i would add on top of that it, it's arguably better that this happened if you're looking for next towards next season not just for the fact that they have opponents that they could um they could likely play more games and much uh it's much more probable that they'll play more games in the wnit than uh, in the ncaa tournament uh but the fact that they were part of selection sunday and you know that they they more than likely watched that as a team they had to have watched it as a team right for sure and then to and then like what's going through their heads right now has to be if just one or two games would have gone our way um it could have been different and we could be really excited today instead of being really bummed out and that's something that i think you take into next year totally it's a good it's a
0: great motivator i mean one motivator for this postseason tournament but also carrying in the next season just to be like, we, we we did get snubbed. Because I don't think that any of the women on the team are sitting there being like, yeah, we're only good enough to be WNIT. They're all thinking right. they, they can compete right. for an right. NCAA championship. So, and, if
2: the, and if this puts a chip on their shoulder, I'm all for it.
0: Hell yeah. Right. Exactly. So, exactly.
2: Yep. All right. Well, that about wraps us up. Thank you again to the Payton Years Podcast. Hell for yeah. Joining us on this episode, the 39th episode of the Belligerent Beeves podcast, the first funeral we've ever hosted on the show. <laughs> I don't know if we'll have a funeral again, but I'm glad we did it. And I think it went great. And I feel amazing after doing it. I'm ready for I, next season. We laid some demons down. Uh, we buried we buried some not great feelings. We we threw the salt of the earth over everything that held us back this year. um it's just you know I, I think we're now ready to move forth and go into the 2022 2023 men's basketball season with optimism renewed and, that's right and more energy ready ready to reclaim what's rightfully ours at still at still one of the greatest basketball universities, in the nation. Rally the legend of Gil Coliseum, Coliseum Beaver fam and join us in eternal optimism for our basketball team. And I think I think tonight was a big step in that direction. So anyway, thank you to Andy and Sam of the Peyton years for joining us on this show. Uh, thank you to my esteemed co-host, J.P. Bertram at J.P. Bertram at the Trio J. Thank you, J.P. There is a lot of requests for this episode. So thank you. <laughs> and thank you. To uh, our uh, Washington-based co-host, a.k.a. Tacoma Ben, a.k.a. Benny L. at Benny L. 1986 on your social feeds, Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Wehaj, a.k.a. Benny with the good quaff. i love this episode shout out to everyone and uh yeah we'll be watching more uh baseball softball gym and uh women's basketball on the wnit coming up and i know um beaver uh spring football is done for a little bit but yo we'll be we'll be glued to them jt dance uh you know tell me something good baby Um, so thank you, and of course you, dear listener, for tuning again, tuning in again to another episode of the Belliger Abuse Podcast. Please join our Patreon if you have not already. Uh, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. But more important than all of that, remember that you scientifically cannot spell chopum without hope. H-O-P-E. It's right there in the middle of of the catchphrase
1: Chop 'em chop 'em
0: chop 'em